Hey guys, welcome to the Bitcoin Fortress podcast, helping you increase your financial freedom. This is episode 105, recorded here on March 4th, 2024. This podcast is for entertainment only, not investing advice. Do your own homework. Okay, well, we've got a lot of top Bitcoin news this week. Uh, we will start, though with the market update stocks rose on friday with the s p 500 nasdaq composite closing at fresh record highs as tech stocks rallied on continued enthusiasm for artificial intelligence related names including nvidia netapp and advanced micro devices declining treasury yields also provided a boost as disappointing factory data and a decline in consumer sentiment solidified expectations for interest rate cuts from the Federal Reserve by this summer. So bad news is good news. Okay. More market participants slightly increased their rate cut expectations following the economic data. According to the CME FedWatch tool, the odds of a 25 basis point cut at the Fed's May meeting is now at nearly 26% compared to 18% the previous day. Stocks gained even as troubled New York Community Bank Corp plunged 25% after disclosing material weaknesses in internal controls related to its loan review, potentially a sign of a wider real estate shakeout ahead. For the week, the Nasdaq jumped 1.7% and the S&P advanced 0.9% with both indexes notching their seventh positive week out of the past eight Dow Jones index lagged with a 0.1% weekly loss. Looking ahead, the U.S. jobs report for February will be the headline economic event of the week. Economists forecast that the employment likely increased by 190,000 during the month, and the unemployment forecast is anticipated to stand pat at 3.7%. <clears throat> Notably, the month-over-month -month increase in average hourly earnings is expected to slow to plus 0.2% from plus 0.6% in January. The jobs report will arrive just 12 days before the next Federal Reserve Open Market Committee on March 20th, which, of course, everybody will be watching. What are they going to do? What are they going to say? Zooming out, that just seems ridiculous to me. The earnings season slows down dramatically, although the tech sector has Marvell Technology and Broadcom reporting, while consumer heavyweights Target and Costco will also head into the earnings confessional. The event calendar includes the Morgan Stanley Technology, Media, and Telecom Conference. Participants include NVIDIA, AMD, and Netflix. The cryptocurrency market could be active again as buzz continues to build over the Bitcoin halving event expected to occur in April. The halving event reduces the reward for mining new Bitcoin by half and occurs approximately every four years. Well, we already know that. Okay, jumping into the Bitcoin top news uh first one here is from bitcoin.com this was posted a couple days ago bloomberg strategist sees bitcoin as global alternative currency but warns stock market drawdown could impact bitcoin well no no joke if there's a huge sell-off in the stock market everything goes down because 
that's what happens. Gold will sell off, Bitcoin will sell off, stocks. Um, be interesting to see what happens with bonds, but I would think they sell off too because everybody just wants cash, cash, cash. But we don't care. Mike McGlone, a senior commodity strategist for Bloomberg Intelligence, the research arm of Bloomberg, shared his perspective on Bitcoin, gold, and the U.S. stock market several times this week. Bitcoin at about 62000 on February 29th was at its highest month-end price ever, and so was the S&P 500, which may show the crypto's risk compared with gold. The metal has been hovering above $2,000 an ounce since ending December at 2063, its month-end record. McGlone detailed on Friday, at about 3x the annual volatility of the stock index and gold, a key test for Bitcoin may come when the S&P 500 has a drawdown. The Bloomberg strategist continued, what of gold with Bitcoin nearing 70,000? Crypto money pull, the juxtaposition of China rapidly accumulating gold and record inflows into the U.S. Bitcoin ETFs may leave the metal looking naked in portfolios if not paired with some of the crypto. He emphasized gold ETF outflows and declining futures open interest versus the opposite in Bitcoin could portend a firming crypto foundation for a big test when the U.S. stock market has a drawdown. The strategist further detailed Bitcoin futures have been around since 2017 and interest in the newcomer is far outpacing gold with implications for prices. On a one-year basis to February 29th, aggregate open interest in the CME traded gold future has dropped about 5% versus about a 60% rise in Bitcoin open interest. He noted that his graphic shows that this isn't a short-term phenomenon. McGlone also explained in a recent interview, we are seeing clear outflows from gold ETFs and there have uh, also been outflows from large cap and stock indices to buy new spot Bitcoin ETFs. In another X post, the strategist opined, it's hard to fight the facts of significant gold ETF outflows and Bitcoin ETF inflows. The strategist explained on Bloomberg TV Wednesday, the world's going towards intangible assets and Bitcoin is the most significant in cryptos. McGlone also referred to Bitcoin as an alternative global currency, stating it's becoming an alternative currency on a global basis. Well, you might have something there. I don't know. But it is interesting to see that uh, that the flows uh, are uh, draining out of gold and, and going into Bitcoin. Of course, that could reverse at any time, um, but uh, that would seem to indicate uh, that uh, people are allocating, and especially institutions, which is going to, let's say, provide support under the price and probably continue to drive the price up into the halving, and then we'll see what happens after that. Uh, in other news, this is from Coindesk, February 29th. Bitcoin is hitting all-time highs around the world. While Bitcoin remains shy of its November 2021 all-time high in U.S. dollar terms, it has already breached record highs in local currencies in many markets around the globe. The U.S. dollar index is ahead 10.7% since November 2021, meaning many currencies across the world have lost value. Among the countries where Bitcoin has hit new highs in local terms are economic powerhouses like China, Japan, and the UK, and India, 
as well as developing markets like Argentina, Turkey, and Egypt. U.S. growth has remained exceptionally strong compared to Europe, the U.K., and Japan, which has supported the U.S. dollar. Aurelie Barther, an analyst in Nansen, wrote uh, in a note to Coindesk. However, this is less clear going forward as we have seen a series of weak consumption and housing data in the U.S. I see the dollar linked to crypto prices through the intermediary of the rates channel. Japan has been a particularly weak case with a 24% decline in the yen, meaning Bitcoin hit a record price in that country well before this week's fireworks that saw Bitcoin prices soar. Japan's government has been devaluing the yen and the flow of liquidity has trickled into Bitcoin as their fiat has weakened, Mark Zhang, managing partner of Byzantine Capital, explained in an interview with Coindesk. So that is quite interesting to see, and uh, I'm sure an all-time high in the dollar is coming soon. So we'll see. Uh, this next article is from Z Crypto. This was posted on March 1st. Mysterious Bitcoin whale purchasing up to 1,600 Bitcoin daily sparks speculation. A mysterious entity has been making waves in the cryptocurrency market, purchasing large amounts of Bitcoin on a daily basis. The entity labeled Mr. 100 has been buying up to 1,600 Bitcoin daily worth about $100 million, sparking speculation about their identity and motives. The entity was first highlighted in a tweet by crypto investor HODL15 Capital on Thursday, who noted that Mr. 100 has been buying at least 100 Bitcoin per day since November 22nd. Notably, while the buyer's true identity is still unknown, the pundit suggested that the investor was making the purchases from South Korean exchanges, leading some to speculate that the buyer may be based in Asia or the Middle East. This comes even as the pundit highlighted another significant player, Mr. 34. This whale holds a staggering 22,670 Bitcoin according to data from BitInfo Charts, made a notable move by purchasing 156 Bitcoin worth around $9.7 million on Wednesday, marking its return to the market after a pause since December. This is an interesting buy and hold investor. Bought 12,000 Bitcoin in the $20,000 range, bought in size at the cycle lows in the 16s, and opportunistically adding more since. HODL15 Capital wrote, describing Mr. 34. The surge in Bitcoin's price past 63000 earlier this week has brought renewed interest in the cryptocurrency market, with many retail institutional investors looking to get in on the action. Companies such as MicroStrategy have been aggressively adding to their Bitcoin reserves, with the company's latest purchase of 3000 Bitcoin bringing its total stash to over 193000 Bitcoin, worth nearly... $12 billion. The approval of several spot ETFs in January has also brought credibility to the crypto market, with many seeing it as a sign of the market's maturity. Reddit, a popular social media platform, recently became one of the largest entrants into the sector, purchasing Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other cryptocurrencies in, in anticipation of going public. Crypto-focused investment firm Bitwise Asset Management also purchased $37.2 million in Bitcoin for their Bitwise Bitcoin uh, fund, BITB is the ticker, last week with firm CIO Matt uh, Hagen tweeting that things are going to get interesting. 
Recently, renowned investor and Bitcoin evangelist Balaji predicted that the price of Bitcoin could surge further in the near future, considering the upcoming BTC halving in April, making the crypto asset even scarcer. Mike Novogratz, the founder and CEO of Galaxy Digital, also weighed in on the market, suggesting that Bitcoin could continue swelling with investors who had been locked out and are now able to access it. BTC is in price discovery phase, maybe really for the first time since it's been an asset as now the bulk of U.S. wealth has easy access. Hard to predict where we stop, wrote Novogratz. <clears throat> and while this sounds like a lot of hopium, I think you know there's certainly plenty of demand out there for Bitcoin now, and that's why uh, dollar cost averaging is really the way to go. I was actually reading an article this morning that talks about the fact that um, most of Bitcoin's gains occur in 10 days during the year. <laughs> so you you really can't time the market with Bitcoin. And if you think you can, you're crazy. And, I've, and I also listened to a couple of podcasts over the weekend where people were traders were talking about, you know, to, you know, Bitcoin as a trade and maybe they're gold bugs and they want to make some money so they sell their gold and they try to trade into bitcoin and then try to sell the top and then buy back into gold or something like that which just sounds crazy to me um so i think you know buy and hold stay humble stack sats time in the market is especially for bitcoin far better than uh trying to time the market and you know if you want to hold some gold hold some gold if you want to own stocks, own stocks. If you want cash, cash, you know, just uh, make sure you've got some Bitcoin. All right, next up, uh, this is from Bitcoin Magazine. This is a little bit of uh, more adoption news. Um, this is uh, this article is dated February 29th. Wells Fargo and Bank of America's Merrill Lynch are now offering spot Bitcoin ETFs to clients. Well, maybe not all their clients. Reading on, Bank of America's uh, Merrill Lynch and Wells Fargo's brokers unit have begun offering access to exchange-traded funds that directly invest in Bitcoin, according to Bloomberg Law. The move by these banks reflects the growing interest among investors in gaining exposure to Bitcoin. Merrill Lynch and Wells Fargo are providing access to approved Bitcoin ETFs to select wealth management clients with brokerage accounts upon request, according to individuals familiar with the matter. This development comes after spot Bitcoin ETFs had a record-setting week in the U.S. with inflows of BlackRock's ETF hitting $612 million yesterday. The decision by Merrill Lynch and Wells Fargo to offer these ETFs demonstrates their recognition of the increasing demand for Bitcoin investment options among the affluent clientele. By providing access to Bitcoin ETFs, these banks are catering to the evolving investment preferences of their clients who are seeking opportunities to diversify their portfolios and capitalize on the growth potential of Bitcoin, the availability of Bitcoin exposure through mainstream financial institutions like Merrill Lynch and Wells Fargo further legitimizes the Bitcoin market and underscores its integration into traditional finance. I also read another article that said that um, Morgan Stanley is looking at uh, perhaps launching their own Bitcoin ETF and I assume offering that to their clients because uh, they like to make money. But the funny part about this is that if you're an average person and you 
sign up for like say strike and you connect your bank account you could buy bitcoin you can hold it on strike and you can put it into self-custody when you're ready and um, nobody can stop you and you don't need to be an affluent investor and you don't need permission from your broker so uh, that's the beautiful thing about bitcoin is that all the plebs who have been hodling have front run uh wall street and now they are going to get bitcoin at the price they deserve okay next up is from uh, a source i really like bitcoinnews.com they've got a lot of uh good good articles uh and again i'll put links in the show notes to all of these uh so you can read it for yourself the first one here is uh from let's see U.S. government halts Bitcoin mining survey amid legal challenges. This was posted on March 3rd today. Good news. The U.S. government has halted its efforts to conduct an emergency survey on the energy usage of Bitcoin mining operations following legal pushback from industry players. This decision comes after several lawsuits were filed against the Energy Information Administration by prominent Bitcoin mining firms and associations. On March 2nd, the United States Department of Energy, the EIA, and the Office of Management and Budget reached an agreement with Texas Blockchain Council and Riot to halt data collection from Bitcoin miners. And then they have a little quote here. On February 26, 2024, Administrator Dave Carolis informed OMB in a signed letter that EIA was immediately discontinuing, that is, formally withdrawing and ceasing, that emergency collection of form EIA 862 and requesting that OMB approve EIA's discontinuance of the emergency authorization of the form EIA 862 data collection. EIA further explained that it has decided it will not proceed through the emergency collection procedures. Well, how about that? The U.S. Department of Energy and the Energy Information Agency faced legal challenges from riot platforms and the Texas Blockchain Council leading to the withdrawal of the emergency data collection plan. The plaintiffs argued that the survey did not comply with regulatory procedures and could cause harm to the industry. Key points from legal dispute include the lawsuit questioned the rapid deployment of the survey, stating it did not comply with the Paperwork Reduction Act. Emergency procedures used by the DOE were criticized for bypassing standard notice and comment procedures. The settlement agreement includes the destruction of all collected data and the initiation of a non-emergency survey process with a 60-day public comment period. The filing mentioned defendants agree that EIA will allow for submission of comments for 60 days, beginning on the date of the publication of the new Federal Register notice. Bitcoin mining, known for its energy-intensive nature, has faced scrutiny for its potential impact on electricity grids. However, industry players argue for flexibility in operations, stating they can shut down during peak demand to alleviate grid pressure. Therefore, in the end, the Biden administration's attempt to gather data on Bitcoin mining energy usage was met with resistance from the industry players and lawmakers. Energy Information Agency agreed to destroy all collected data and restart the survey process, allowing for public feedback. The filing highlighted defendants agree that EIA will destroy any information that is already received in response to the emergency survey. If EIA receives additional information in response, uh, it will destroy that data. I guess we have to trust them, which I don't really do, but... Anyway, before considering any similar requests in the future, the EIA will have to follow standard notice and comment. Well, how about that? They have to follow their rules that they created. 
The Government Energy Agency initiated the survey as an emergency measure, citing concerns over Bitcoin's rising price, incentivizing more miners to come online and increasing energy consumption. They argued that this could strain electrical grids, especially during extreme weather conditions. They asserted that Bitcoin mining results in demand peaks that affect system operations and consumer prices. The Chamber of Digital Commerce criticized the survey, stating, while we support reasonable data sharing, this survey and the emergency justification were not reasonable leading to an imminent threat of irreparable harm to the U.S. cryptocurrency mining industry. The decision to halt the Bitcoin mining survey reflects the government's cautious approach in regulating the Bitcoin industry. The legal dispute highlights the importance of due process and public engagement in developing policies that affect industry growth and operation. As the industry continues to evolve, the resolution of conflicts like this will shape the regulatory landscape in the United States impacting both industry players and consumers alike. And uh, you have to sue the government to stop them, it seems, from not following their rules, which is sad, but uh, um, good job. Next up, uh, this was posted on March 2nd. Um, this is also from bitcoinnews.com. Schiff's critique sparks mockery from Bukele, cry harder. <laughs> In the world of Bitcoin, El Salvador's president, Nayib Bukele, has once again made headlines, this time for his unwavering stance on Bitcoin, despite facing criticism from notable figures like Peter Schiff. Nonstop critiques of Schiff sometimes has Bitcoiners on edge, and now details of Bukele's witty response and the ongoing discourse surrounding El Salvador's Bitcoin adoption adds new dimensions to this debate. Bukele's assertion, one Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin. Since El Salvador's historic decision to adopt Bitcoin as legal tender in September 2021, President Nayib Bukele has been at the forefront of defending this move. Despite facing skepticism and criticism, he remains steadfast in his support for the digital money. In a recent exchange on social media platform X, Bukele reiterated his commitment to Bitcoin, stating, at the end, one Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin. This statement underscores his belief that regardless of market fluctuations, the fundamental value of Bitcoin remains unchanged. Uh, and you can read his post. I won't read through it. He points out that when Bitcoin's market price was low, there were numerous articles about supposed losses for El Salvador. Now that the market price is significantly higher, he notes that selling would result in a profit of over 40%. Despite this, he emphasizes the country's commitment to holding the Bitcoin. Bukele criticizes the silence of those who previously criticized El Salvador during the market downturn and urges people to remember this when facing future negative reports about the country. El Salvador's Bitcoin holdings have surged in value with profits exceeding 40% amid the recent bull market. According to data from BitcoinTreasuries.net, El Salvador holds 2,381 Bitcoin, currently valued at about $148 million. Bukele highlighted the significant gain, prompting criticism from skeptics like Peter Schiff, who urged him to focus on realized profits rather than unrealized gains. In response to El Salvador President's tweet, Peter Schiff mentioned that profits should be counted when they are realized. In response to Schiff's comments, Bukele remained defiant, telling him to cry harder. This succinct rebuttal reflects Bukele's unwavering confidence in Bitcoin and his willingness to challenge detractors. This response brought about a wave of admiration and applause from Bitcoiners. 
Despite facing criticism, Bukele has garnered support from within the Bitcoin community. Many praised him for his vision and commitment to Bitcoin, with some applauding him as a pioneer in accelerating adoption. El Salvador's embrace of Bitcoin extends beyond legal tender status. The country has initiated various programs to bolster its Bitcoin holdings, including a citizenship program that offers expedited citizenship to foreigners who donate Bitcoin to the government. Despite the success and initiatives undertaken by El Salvador, opposition persists. The International Monetary Fund has repeatedly urged the country to abandon its Bitcoin legal tender status citing potential risks and costs. However, Bukele remains resolute in his support for Bitcoin, reaffirming its status as legal tender and dismissing calls to reconsider. Schiff stays a rigid critic of the digital asset and opposes Bukele's views any chance he gets. He said on Tuesday, there's an old saying that markets take the stairs up and the elevator down. With Bitcoin, it's a bit different. Bitcoin takes the elevator up and then jumps. Also, during a recent podcast featuring Anthony Pompliano, Schiff remarked, can Bitcoin rally to $100,000 or more? Sure it can, but I don't even think it's worth betting on because it's not even that big of a rise. I just don't think there's enough upside anymore for it to be interesting to anybody. I mean, it's going sideways now for three years. It has hit the high, almost 70000 in 2021. This is 2024. I just don't see the next catalyst for the rise. Jim Cramer, another Bitcoin critic, appeared on a CNBC interview recently talking about the digital asset. He appeared unsettled by Bitcoin surge, questioning its achievements. Cramer asked his co-host, it's depressing. What has Bitcoin ever done for mankind? Of course, he got torn apart with memes, which was hilarious. Uh, he also said something like, what has Bitcoin done? They don't even have a phone, <laughs> which is just retarded. As El Salvador's president, Najib Bukele, continues to champion Bitcoin despite criticism, the global discourse surrounding Bitcoin adoption and regulation intensifies. While detractors remain skeptical, Bukele's unwavering support for Bitcoin underscores its transformative potential as a decentralized digital currency in shaping the future of finance. El Salvador's president's firm stance on Bitcoin, encapsulated by his assertion that one Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin, reflects not only his confidence in the digital asset, but also his determination to defy detractors and drive forward with El Salvador's pioneering initiatives in the realm of digital finance. Um, yeah, so it's a Peter Schiff never goes away. Um, and, you know, I think Bukele, you know, you, some people criticize him as an authoritarian and maybe he has done some things. Um, he certainly had to clean up a huge gang problem in his country but he has uh, certainly got reelected by a landslide. He has a majority in his legislature with his party. So the people seem to like the guy and uh, people have also criticized him for, for adopting Bitcoin as legal tender because that's kind of pushing it from the top down instead of letting Bitcoin naturally rise from the bottom up. But um He's certainly able to get a lot of people interested in investing and coming to visit his country. So in that respect, at least, you know, Bitcoin adoption has been a tremendous marketing uh, coup for El Salvador. But beyond that, I think his level of conviction is similar to Michael Saylor or any other, you know, hardcore Bitcoiner. Um, once you understand it, um, you know, it's not a trade. 
and you're not going to take profits. You're just going to hold on to it because it's going to continue to increase in value over time um, because of its scarcity. So anyway, good stuff. Uh, next is also from BitcoinNews.com. This article was posted on March 3rd today. Uh, or sorry, yesterday. House Committee challenges SEC's limit on banks' Bitcoin custody. In a bipartisan move, the House Financial Services Committee has taken steps to repeal the SEC's controversial Digital Assets Accounting Bulletin, SAB 121. The House Financial Services Committee recently made strides in the ongoing debate surrounding the regulation of digital asset custodianship. Lawmakers referenced a Government Accountability Office report from October 2023 stating SAB 121 should have been officially issued. This action stems from the Securities Exchange Commission's issuance of Staff Accounting Bulletin 121, a directive that mandates digital asset custodians to report liabilities and corresponding assets on their balance sheets. The bulletin introduced in March 2022 has sparked significant contention within the Bitcoin space. SEC's SAB 109, issued April 11, 2022, mandates that any financial entity offering digital asset custody should present a liability on its balance sheet to reflect its obligation to safeguard the crypto assets held for its platform users. The committee's decision to advance a resolution to overturn SAB 121 reflects bipartisan cooperation on the issue. Representatives Mike Flood, uh, who's a Republican from New England, or sorry, Nebraska, and Wiley Nickel, uh, who's a Democrat from North Carolina, co-sponsored the resolution highlighting a unified effort across party lines. This bipartisan collaboration underscores the gravity of the matter and the recognition of its impact on the financial sector. Flood stated, SEC virtually locked out the most regulated institutions from serving as custodians for digital assets. Representative Flood expressed concern over the implications of SAB 121, adding the ramifications of requiring banks to hold these assets on balance sheet are pretty significant. Flood criticized the SEC for not consulting with prudential regulators who specialize in bank custody regulation. He highlights that if banks follow the guidelines of SAB 121 for digital asset custody, it could adversely impact their balance sheet, affecting capital and liquidity requirements. This dilemma forces banks to choose between engaging in digital asset custody, disrupting their overall business operations, or avoiding the market altogether. Flood suggests the need for more well-regulated bank custodians in the digital asset space, emphasizing that the current four custodians for 11 Bitcoin ETFs are all non-banks. See, they want to just get in the game. They want to make money. If this Congressional Review Act resolution is signed into law, it will have a chilling effect on the SEC's ability to issue staff-level accounting and legal guidance on any other issue in the future. Uh, <clears throat> this is from Maxine Waters. Maxine expresses concerns about a resolution that not only repeals a bulletin, but also prohibits the SEC from issuing a similar one in the future. She highlights that this bulletin aimed at providing guidance on accounting for customers' digital assets is considered non-binding. Maxine criticizes the resolution, suggesting that it could discourage the SEC staff from offering clarity on digital asset-related matters in the future, despite complaints from Republicans in the Bitcoin industry about a lack of clarity. Congresswoman Matt Waters voiced her dissent, emphasizing the importance of consumer protection. She added, this guidance was offered to protect investors against the mishandling of customer crypto assets by custodians 
a practice that was the core of FTX's spectacular collapse when billions of crypto assets went missing. Hmm. So maybe she's saying we can't trust the banks. She might have a point there. However, better markets and nonprofit advocating for increased transparency in commodity markets expressed disapproval, stating the SEC's SABs were considered highly technical and result from extensive deliberation and considered opinion of highly experienced experts. Furthermore, it questioned Congress's competence and comprehension in addressing these issues. Better Markets has been a critic of Bitcoin, questioning its value, stating it's worthless and that Bitcoin ETFs are a historic mistake. Well, uh, they're retarded. The resolution's advancement signals a potential shift in regulatory dynamics for financial institutions involved in digital asset custody services. With the looming threat of SAB 121's enforcement, banks face the dilemma of either complying with the directive and altering their balance sheet structures or abstaining from Bitcoin and digital assets custodianship altogether. Despite the committee's endorsement of the resolution, several hurdles remain before it can take effect. The resolution must pass through both the House and Senate, a process that may encounter opposition and deliberation. Additionally, Concerns have been raised regarding the potential ramifications of overturning SAB 121, with some advocating for its retention as a safeguard against fraudulent practices in the Bitcoin space. The House floor is ready to vote on the resolution for passage, but Jake Trevinsky, CLO of Variant, a digital asset venture capital firm, doubts its success. He emphasized his skepticism on X, stating, Bill 2, 1, get a House floor vote, 2, get through the Democratic Senate, and 3, get signed by POTUS. The House Financial Services Committee's decision to advance the resolution marks a significant development in the ongoing dialogue surrounding Bitcoin regulation. With bipartisan support, the resolution reflects a concerted effort to address the complexities of digital asset custodianship and its implications for the financial sector. As the resolution progresses through the legislative process, the Bitcoin community awaits further clarity on the future regulatory landscape governing digital asset custody services. The resolution's advancement underscores the evolving nature of digital asset regulations and the collaborative efforts aimed at shaping its trajectory. So I guess my prediction is because the banks want it and they got all their regulatory agencies to write letters, uh, it's going to happen because uh, there's money in it for the banks and the banks control the legislature. So it might take a while, but it's going to happen. I mean, they just, they want to take some of the business away from uh, Coinbase. That's really what it comes down to. Okay, next up is from Crypto Potato, one of my favorite websites. This one was posted on March 2nd. Articles entitled, Got Bitcoin? Another U.S. bank shows signs of weakness after acquiring Signature. Worrying developments at New York Community Bank Corp have several Bitcoin investors anticipating a renewed U.S. banking crisis. I, that would, I would be included in that group, which could bring money crashing back into the digital currency. The bank's stock is down 41% over the past month, including a 28% plunge on Friday, trading for $3.55 at writing time. It has now reached its lowest share price since 1996. NYCB has already suffered major losses in early February after disclosing that CEO Thomas Kanjemi had stepped down. Executive Chairman Alessandro Dinello has effectively 
been the bank's new boss since February 6th. In a letter on February 25th, NYCB Director Hanif Wali Daya said he did not support the proposed appointment of Dinello as CEO. Daya also resigned from the board. The most recent development came late Thursday when the bank revealed that its previously disclosed $252 million fourth quarter loss had been revised tenfold up to $2.7 billion. The extended loss was related to a $2.4 billion goodwill non-cash impairment charge related to transactions from several decades ago, which it said does not affect regulatory capital. However, in a separate statement, the bank's management said it had identified material weaknesses in internal controls resulting from ineffective oversight, risk assessment, and monitoring activities. And for me, as an old school accountant, that is a red, red, red flag. On Friday, NYCB tried to calm investors with another announcement of a new chief risk officer and chief account executive to account for recent departures. Per a Bloomberg report, CEO Dinello added the company has strong liquidity and a solid deposit base, and I'm confident we will execute on our turnaround plan to deliver shareholder value, increased shareholder value. And to that, I say famous last words, banks are broke. NYCB was responsible for acquiring Signature Bank, a crypto supportive firm that was forced to close in March 2023 after suffering a wave of withdrawals that afflicted regional banks across the country. Other major crypto banks, including Silvergate Bank and Silicon Valley Bank, were also forced to shut down at the time when the U.S. government opted to bail out depositors to the latter. Bitcoin's price shot up from 19000 to 30000 in the following days. Jay Powell says U.S. econ and banks strong to very strong. NYCB says otherwise. Posted BitMEX co-founder Arthur Hayes on to X on February 5th. The bailout is coming. Bitcoin equals a million dollars. All right. Next article is from uh, one of my favorite follows. No bullshit Bitcoin. Uh, article, and this was posted on uh, February 23rd. It's a little while back, but uh, it's getting a lot of uh discussion around. And this is the 2023 Q4 year-end review of global base money. Um, so according to the research uh, by Porkopolis Economics, Bitcoin is now the seventh largest base money in the world. So there's a lot of graphics in this one. So I'll, I'll just uh, leave the link and you guys can look at the, the graphics and the charts and stuff. It's quite interesting. Um, just some highlights. Uh, so they, they surveyed 50 currencies, 96 countries are, are directly using these currencies. Uh, 32 additional countries are pegging or, uh, uh, or, or um, uh, pegging to these currencies, sorry. 97% of the global GDP is represented from these currencies. Uh, the size of the entire base money supply in the world U.S. dollar equivalent is $27.8 trillion. The size of the largest fiat base money stock in the world, the dollar, is $5.8 trillion. Um, the ranking of the U.S. dollar basic money stock is number two. Uh, number one is gold, I think. Global population uh, representation from these currencies is 84%. Uh, the size of the entire stock of non-industrialized gold in the world is 6 billion ounces, or $12.1 trillion. Uh, the size of the entire stock of Bitcoins in the world, 
there's 19.6 million that have been issued so far is 1.02 trillion. And the ranking of Bitcoin, excluding gold and silver, is number six. And the ranking of Bitcoin, including gold and silver, is number seven. So uh, quite fascinating. And I'm not going to read through this whole article, but there's lots of really interesting charts. Probably, again, the most important chart is the fact that uh, Bitcoin supply is, I think, actually has just surpassed the United Kingdom, uh, which was at 1.15 trillion. So I think actually Bitcoin surpassed that already. Next up, Japan, China, Eurozone, United States, and then gold um, in Bitcoin's path. But uh, one of the interesting things this article points out is that the base money, uh, even though, you know, during periods of time, like, for example, this last year or so, year and a half, the Fed has been raising interest rates and, and um, doing quantitative tightening to try to reduce, uh, you, you know, uh, inflation, um, despite those moves and, and other countries have done a similar thing, um, the uh, actual compound annual growth rate of base money uh, continues. So regardless of these short-term things that, that are done, uh, and, and here's the quote, if you want to understand the long-term trends of money printing, you need to measure the all-time growth of each currency's stock. That chart is here. See how no money has negative growth under this lens. Due to compounding, it's about 1% per month worldwide. And so that is why Bitcoin. Anyway, check check out the article. I'll put the link in the show notes. I'm not going to read through the whole thing. All right. And then finally, uh, I did want to mention this week's featured post on the Bitcoin Fortress Substack. It is called Bitcoin and Austrian Economics Insights from 10 Quotes. This is a topic I've written on before, but I just uh, took uh, 10 interesting quotes from famous Austrian economists, and of course, there was no Bitcoin around when they were doing their thing, but uh, it's interesting because there are a lot of tie-ins to Bitcoin, and uh, I think had they had Bitcoin been around in their time, they would have seen probably uh, Bitcoin to be, uh, if not equal to gold, at least uh, maybe even superior. And with that... Uh, and I'll put a link in the show notes to that as well. So with that, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please like and leave a comment. Also, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. Um, I like to listen to all mine on Fountain, where you can earn uh, some sats just for listening. Uh, also, if you like it, share it. Share it with a friend and um, spread the word. You can also follow my Substack at bitcoinfortress.substack.com, and I am Nostra only. Uh, my end pub is included in the show notes. Uh, don't like any other social media, just Nostra only, and it's it's Freedom Tech, so you should try it too. And with that, I will talk to y'all next week. Bye bye. <laughs>